Hi, and welcome to The Booby Girls, a podcast from two friends dedicated to answering the age-old question, which was better, the book or the movie? I'm Rosha. And I'm Hannah. And this week we are covering Crazy Rich Asians. I love this whole concept. I'm so glad they did this, book and movie. Oh. (laughs) Are you not going to give us your version of the title? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I was waiting for that. I'm really excited to talk about this and I'm just ready to go. Um, I titled this uh, Radio One Asia. Okay. (laughs) And I was actually going to put in, uh, was it, is it Alamak? Alamak. Yeah, they talk about it in the book so much and then it doesn't appear in the movie, so. All right, so the book was originally published June 11th, 2013, and it was written by Kevin Kwan, and it's actually the first book in a trilogy of books. Yes. Uh, And then the movie came out in 2018. It's PG-13, and it is categorized as a comedy drama romance. All the things. (laughs) All of the things. (laughs) And it was directed by John Chu. So I had never read the book. I've seen the movie before because everyone's like, you have to see Crazy Rich Asians. It's so good. And they weren't wrong. Uh, But yeah, I was actually really excited to read the book. There was a lot of hype around this movie. Like a lot. I remember seeing the trailer and being like, what the hell is this movie? I was like, it's got to be a joke. And then it blew up. Yeah. So some interesting facts about the book. The author actually thought that there was a void in the Western book market when it comes to um, Asian culture. So he decided that he wanted to write a book that kind of explained what's going on in contemporary Asia. So like what's going on in the here and now. So that's kind of why he decided to write the book. The book kind of started actually as a as a poem that he did for a college class called Singapore Bible Study, which actually ended up becoming that second chapter of the book where all the moms are at Bible yeah. study. And the whole concept is like the, the poem was an excuse to gossip and show off their new jewelry, which I felt like that was totally it was. you know what I got from that. Um, and that kind of inspired him to then write the rest of the book. And then a funny thing about it is once he wrote his manuscript and he sent it to his editor, the editor was like, I don't feel like a lot of this stuff is believable. So you need to kind of tone it down. And he actually sent her clippings, like newspaper clippings to prove like, no, these things actually happen. (laughs) There's a lot of things in the book that I don't blame her. Like there's some parts in the book where I'm like, no way. Yeah, it's really funny. And then uh, he did mention that some of the characters are loosely inspired by people he knows. And then other ones are completely made up. Um, And then another fun fact, this book has actually been translated in over 30 different languages, which makes sense. (laughs) Was it translated in Farsi? Again, who knows? I tried to look up the list and I couldn't find it anywhere. That's crazy. So this movie got a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's pretty good. Which Rotten Tomatoes is hard. So that's one of the highest ones I've ever seen. The movie ended up grossing $170 million domestically, which is a ton of money. And it only cost $30 million to produce. That's so huge profit with that. And it was actually the top grossing romantic comedy in the last 10 years, taking down The Proposal and Sex in the City. Wow. And I love The Proposal. But I, I actually too. didn't know it did that well in the box office. So What, The Proposal? Yeah. I, I can see that. I mean, that was a hilarious it's a great movie. movie. So. <laughs> So the film was actually shot in five different countries, Malaysia, Singapore, and a couple other countries. I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm not, I don't want to butcher it, but I thought that was interesting. I thought it was was all filmed in Singapore. Yeah. Considering it was only 
it only cost 30 million to make that that's surprising that they were able to do it in so many countries i guess so so and the cast is really really close still to this day and one of the things they did when they first got on set is that they had a big ice breaking dumpling making party so we actually see that scene get played out in the movie mm-hmm. so they recreated it and i guess it was like this really big icebreaker and they all became really close the day that they actually got on set that's cute so the film's production designer uh, Nelson Coates he he talks about how when they first got on set at Amma's uh, estate you know that beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful um, house that's there it was filled with monkey feces when they got there oh god that they had to clean it up because evidently monkeys are native to that region so they had to completely kind of clean it up because it was disgusting was it a deserted palace like beforehand i'm not sure i couldn't find any more details about it but it makes me think that it, it might have been or That's just disgusting. not well tended, just not well tended <laughs> tended to so at the end of the movie we get this basic bonus scene of the mahjong like gaming room mm-hmm. and it's not in the book but they wanted to put it into the movie as a nod to the joy luck club which was released in ni- 1993 which was over 25 years ago and that was the last time an all asian cast was in a movie so i thought oh, that that's was cool. cool by the way i love mahjong like, I have I'm, no idea how to play it. I, I don't know how <laughs> they play it, but I've always played the computer version of it, and I love it. It's so addicting. <laughs> you have to teach me how to play it, because I'm watching them in that scene, and I'm like, I have, I, I take it she just won? I'm not sure. So the online version is essentially you just match the same tiles to mm-hmm. each other, and then you eliminate them. But theirs looked way more complicated, so I don't actually know how they play That's it. It's very but, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so Lisa Liu, who is the actress who plays Ama in the movie, she actually was in the Joy Luck Club. Oh, too. wow. So it, it made it even more special for the cast to have She's that She's so there. cute. I know. I love her. <laughs> I loved her in the movie. So Netflix really, really wanted this movie, I guess. They really vowed for it. They wanted to get it. But at the end, Quan decided to turn it down and gave it to Warner Brothers instead because he knew that this Asian cast could really perform. And he wanted to prove that they could, you know, be a box office hit. Ended up working out. Ended up working out. Uh, And then, like you said, there are, this is a trilogy, and they do have plans to make the next book into a movie they were supposed to start filming in 2020, mm. but here we are. <laughs> here we <laughs> and are. Pl- plans have gotten a little derailed. Plus, they said the cast is all still very, very busy. Basically, because a lot of their careers launch from this, this movie. movie. Yeah. So hopefully they'll be able to start, you know, soon. And we'll, yeah. That's we'll good, good that, you know, plans are to keep the original cast. Because I would hate for them to switch it up. And well, and it'll be interesting because from what I've heard, the sequel of, or the second book is kind of different it's a totally different storyline but with the same characters so we'll see all right time for a quick round of who said it i read some quotes from the book and then hannah has to guess who said it you ready i'm never actually ready but yes (laughs) all right first one i take 50 milligrams of amtriptyline every night and then an extra 10 milligrams of ambien if i really want to sleep through the night sometimes i add a lunesta and if that doesn't work i get out the valium oh my gosh is that Eleanor? Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's so crazy. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next one. The coups are crazy rich. They are always at the top of the Forbes Asia rich list. Is that Picklin? Yes. yes. <laughs> Good job. Wow. I was nervous about this one. <laughs> All right. Next one. I'd tread extra carefully around Eleanor Young if I were you. She maintains a rival court. Hmm. Oliver? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I kind of threw that one out there. Wow. 
So interesting. When I read this book on my Kindle, mm-hmm. which if you guys have not read this book, if you have a Kindle, read it on the Kindle because it's they're able to translate a lot of the words that are in Mandarin or in yeah. other languages. And then a lot of the times they also reference different um, traditions mm-hmm. in there. And if you click on the star, it'll tell you different about little facts it. about it. It's very fascinating. And I think if you don't get that, you lose a lot of it. So I definitely recommend That's very recommend true. I actually it. thought about that. Like, I wonder if... I did notice kind of they do it out of like footnotes at the end of each chapter too. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if in the original um, hard copy, if it's just at the bottom of each chapter. But I really liked like while I was reading, being able to click and kind of understand the culture more and the words. Yeah. I agree. So... All right. note. <laughs> so our last one. I've had enough of being around all these crazy rich Asians, all these people whose lives revolve around making money, spending money, flaunting money, comparing money, hiding money, controlling others with money and ruining their lives over money. Was that Michael? No. Uh, that's a good that's a good uh, guess though. It's actually Rachel. I was gonna say Rachel, yeah. but then I was like, she might be trying to throw me a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Michael essentially has that yeah, same kind Michael of mindset. Michael was thinking it, so. so give me half a point. So the cast of this movie, I loved. Loved this cast, loved watching them on set. And a lot of them we didn't know before this movie came out. So Rachel Chu, who is one of the main characters, she is the American who's going over to Singapore with her boyfriend, Nick, is played by Constance Wu. She's in Hustlers. She was on Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, she's the voice of May in the Lego movie Ninjago. <laughs> Which I love all the Lego movies, so a fun fact for you. Uh, She's from Richmond, Virginia, and her parents were both from Taiwan. So she's a first-generation American, and I really liked her. I thought she was cute. There was a couple scenes where I was like, your acting's a little off. Yeah. But overall, I thought she was great. I liked her, too. For whatever reason, I felt like she seemed a little bit older than Mm -hmm. Nick. So it kind of felt a little weird for me because I think in the book they're essentially, you know, around the same age. So I thought for that reason, it seemed a little like she was a little bit older, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, she was, she was good. If you ever rewatch this movie, the the scene I'm talking about where her, her acting's a little off is when they're sitting on the couch in the hotel after she gets back from the bachelorette party and he's trying to make her feel better. (laughs) And it's just the way the acting is just off. A little bit. I could see that. I guess I, she almost acted a little too hard. Like she was trying to be like extra like, oh, I'm mad at you. But then it didn't really. And then she was okay. It yeah. Was just, I just thought it was kind of funny. But I, I, all in all, I thought she did a great job. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so Nick Young, who is another main character, is played by Henry Golding. And oh then... <laughs> my God. He's so sexy. So good looking. He is so good looking. <laughs> this was his very first movie. He actually has had quite a few roles since then um he was in the gentleman uh last christmas a simple favor and he's gonna be in the upcoming gi joe movie uh as gi joe uh i don't think so oh okay <laughs> i mean Which but i, I would I'm, mind. I'd be okay with i don't know what his part is in that one but yeah before he did this movie he was actually in malaysia and he was hosting tv shows i'm sorry but whoever found him congratulations uh, i can tell you who found him. oh okay great <laughs> uh the director's accountant saw him and thought he was a good-looking guy and thought he should check him out. Someone should pay that person a lot of money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's It was just one of those things where I don't think he ever thought he was going to act. And then he got discovered. And now look at him. He's, he's beautiful. He I'm... is beautiful. So he's originally from Malaysia. Um, his family moved to Surrey, England. So that accent eight. is real. I believe the accent is real. Good. But there was actually quite a bit of controversy because he is only half Asian. 
Really? So people were upset that they filmed, that they casted um, someone who's only half Asian for this movie. So is his other half English? Yeah. So his dad is English. Okay. And then I believe his mom is from Malaysia. Gotcha. So I don't really care. He's gorgeous. I thought he did an amazing job. I agree. Um, but he actually moved back to Malaysia when he was 21. So he's been living there for a while. And so he's not super Americanized. So I thought he did a, I thought he did a great job. I mean, just, yeah, his acting was great, but like the body and that smile <laughs> and know. the accent, like just everything. I I'm know. done. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when he got the role, he was like, there's no way. Or when he auditioned for it, he said that there was no way he thought he was going to get it. He's like, no, this is for a legitimate actor. Like this isn't <laughs> for me. So he was totally shocked when he got it. And then he ended up having to cut his honeymoon in South Africa short uh, to film the movie. Wait, he's married. Yeah, I know. Buzzkill. Oh. Totally married. <laughs> but they only had half a honeymoon, so cheers to them. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought they hit it out of the park with him. I, I thought agree. he was great. So Peek Lynn is one of my favorite characters. She's so great. She is Rachel's best friend from college, um, who now lives in Singapore and is played by Aquafina, whose real name is Nora Loom or Lum. But she's an Ocean's 8. Uh, she was the, She's going to be the voice of Scuttle, uh, the seagull in the new Little Mermaid. That's coming out. Oh. Uh, and then she also has her own TV show. She's a rapper. She's a Golden Globe uh, award-winning actress for her role in The Farewell. She's hilarious. She's so funny. I loved what she did with this character because you you get it in the book that she's a little ostentatious. Yeah. But she brought this character to life. And I agree. And I loved her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to talk about her like whole family as characters, but I just want to mention like... As a whole, that entire family is so eccentric, and I'm so glad that they all did such a good job. Because yep. to your point, they de- <laughs> definitely brought the characters to life. I guess she hated the wig, though, that, that they made her wear. Really? She wanted to steal it so she could throw it out the window. <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene where I think her dad said something like, she came back from college as the Asian Ellen DeGeneres, yes. and I died <laughs> yes. laughing. That was so, so funny. nail on the head for me. I yeah. loved it. Speaking of her dad in the movie, way... Mugo, I think how you pronounce it, or we, we, I'm not sure, uh, is played by Ken Jeong, <laughs> who is a judge on The Masked Singer, which we love. Yes, we do. Um, but he's most popular for his role in The Hangover. I love him. He's so funny he's in my great. book. He killed this character. He, it was everything that character needed to be, which we didn't obviously get as much in the book. But I guess when he heard about this movie, he didn't care what role they gave him. He just wanted to be in it. And that's the role they gave him. <laughs> I love it. It was perfect for him. <laughs> so Eleanor Young, who is Nick's mother in the movie and the book, is played by Michelle Yeoh. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing these, but I'm doing my best. They're tough. I thought she was great. She um, was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Everyone really loves her in that genre, and I thought she did a great job. Yeah, she's very elegant, and she has that, like bitchy like i'm better than you vibe oh, which is sure. exactly what this co- character needed so sh- i thought she did a really and in really your good job. words in all intents and purposes she probably <laughs> is so when <laughs> the movie came out all of these luxury designers like just wanted to be a part of it they wanted to give dresses and jewelry and everything well michelle didn't feel like any of that stuff was good enough the jewelry so she actually loaned a hefty amount of the jewelry from her own personal collection for the film <laughs> Well, in that case, yes, she's very uh, prissy. So I loved her. I thought she was great. I thought she did a great job with the character. I agree. (laughs) So last character that I'm going to talk about, we could have talked about all of them, but I just picked out a couple that stuck out in my mind. But so Charlie Wu 
is played by Harry Shum Jr., who is in Glee. And you might be looking at me a little perplexed. Because <laughs> where is he in the movie? Because he's not in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he is the sixth build actor in the credits. And he was completely cut out of the main part of the movie. We see him during the mid-credit after scene. Mm-hmm. But that's it. You would miss it if you didn't wait for the credits. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I did. I, I kind of like sped through it because I was like, I, sometimes they leave little like Easter eggs mm-hmm. at the end of movies. So I just sped through it. And then out of nowhere, they show Astrid and this guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that supposed to be Charlie? Yes. So we'll talk about this a little bit later. But the Astrid, Charlie, Michael dynamic is very different in the movie than it was in mm-hmm. the book. Charlie actually has a pretty big role at the end of the book. And I guess they had actually filmed a scene with Charlie where him and Astrid are dancing at the wedding together. And it was supposed to kind of end up being this little Easter egg into the next movie. Because the next book is about Astrid and her life after Michael. So that was kind of the whole thing. I guess the reason they ultimately decided to take out that scene and pretty much Charlie altogether is because they wanted to stay focused on Astrid's independence and they thought that it took away from it and they wanted her journey to be stronger and not about her finding love. I think that's crazy that he's billed as the sixth actor in this movie. Yeah. Like, I get it. He's pretty well known. Yeah. So for him to essentially be non-existent in the movie and still get billed so high. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with the second movie. Hopefully they're still going to cast him as, as the character because I think a lot of people were upset that he got written out because they yeah. wanted to see him. Yeah, he's cute. So I hope so. I hope so too. I think overall, this entire cast, in my eyes, was perfect. I thought it was great. Everyone fit the role that they were playing. And as a whole, I think the ensemble was top I mean, notch. I didn't mention Kitty Pong, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Kitty no, Pong. No, but she was even great. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Time for our favorite game, F. Mary Kill. So I'm going to give you three characters. Okay. Right, you ready? I'm ready. All right. I tried to go easy on you. All right. So we got Nick Young. Thank you. Obviously. <laughs> Colin Koo. And Michael, I think his last name's Tio? Tao? 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 Hmm. <laughs> Three guys this time. Yeah. All right. I am going to marry Nick Young for <laughs> sure, even though his mom is awful. She's fine. She's got to figure out how to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kill Michael because in the movie he's a cheater and in the book he's just kind of a wuss <laughs> and then we'll just f colin because he seems like a nice guy too <laughs> i like it i like your and he begs supermodels so it's fine <laughs> does he well araminta is like oh true yeah, true okay like a, or minty as nick calls her <laughs> i loved that I all right what about you um is there any way i can f and marry nick well, yeah, if you marry him, you... No, but, like, I don't even want to pick an F. I just, I just want Nick. <laughs> no. No, you have to pick. All right. I think I will also marry Nick. Okay. I will F Michael because I just feel like he might have a little, you know, a little something-something. And he's he's cuter in my eyes. He used to movie. be a Speedo model, so... There oh! Go. Yeah, that's how they met. <laughs> and then I have to kill Colin because that's my only other option. <laughs> like Colin. He's cute, but... Now he's married, so no thank you. When has that ever stopped you? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> in the podcast, not in okay. real life. Chill. <laughs> All right, so Radio 1 Asia. Let's get into the book <laughs> versus the movie. I have some thoughts. You do? <laughs> I do have some thoughts. I really love this movie. Um, the book was a little tough for me to get through. but I actually kind of agree with you on that one. Wow. I know. 
I actually have a note at the end that said, if you disagree with me, I'm ready to fight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Uh, So the movie opens up with a quote from Napoleon Bonaparte, which I'm not sure if it's real or not, (laughs) but it says, let China sleep for when she wakes, she will shake the world. And I love that that was like a little opening line. Um, Again, not sure if it was real or not, but (laughs) we'll just pretend it was. (laughs) We'll go. We'll go with it. So we get the opening scene of London in 1995. The Young and the Leong family are walking into a hotel in America and... You mean in London? <laughs> Sorry, in <laughs> London, not America. This probably would have happened in America too. And they get turned away. They have a, a suite reserved for them and the guy at the front desk wants nothing to do with them blatantly being racist the kids are being obnoxious as kids are as kids are (laughs) uh and then you know eleanor goes outside and calls her husband they come back in and boom he has bought the hotel (laughs) and i loved this whole scene because it's in the book as well and it really just sets the tone of these people have a crap ton of money and are connected. Yeah. And you immediately get the Eleanor bitchy, I I get what I want attitude, which yes. I loved. <laughs> she doesn't fire the guy, though, <laughs> in the movie. In the book, she actually fires them That's and right. tells them to go look for a new job or something. In the movie, she tells them to just, you know, go find a mop. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that scene. Was so happy that they kept that in the movie. Uh, and then it goes to Rachel playing poker, which actually ends up being in her classroom because she's an economics gaming theory professor, professor, which they added to her title (laughs) in in the movie. Economics alone wasn't enough. (laughs) No, evidently not. Um, But we did not get that scene in the book, correct? So I thought it was kind of cool. You kind of got a look into what she does. Yeah, I agree because they mentioned that she's an economics professor so much in the book and in the movie. Um, So it was nice to kind of get a feel for like what she actually does. Yeah. (laughs) Which seemed like a kind of cool class, to be honest. I know. I almost got a vibe of like the um, how to get away with murder type vibe where like they're teaching things that you could actually use in real life you know yeah that's Uh, true but and then in this same scene we get our first look at nick young Mm. he walks into her classroom (laughs) and he's just gorgeous so pretty (laughs) and then and then we get the scene of them of rachel and nick in a cafe and they're talking about their trip to singapore he's inviting her to singapore for spring break for Colin's wedding. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's a whole summer they're yeah. going out there for. They're planning summer. to like go to the wedding and then go traveling beyond and all this thing, but no, it's just spring break in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why they would have changed that. Well, I guess in the book you don't really get them traveling post-wedding no. either, so who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but hey, take me to Singapore for as long as you want. Right. <laughs> we can gallivant. <laughs> so, and then we get our first dose of Radio 1 Asia. So Nick and Rachel are in this cafe talking and this other girl walks by and she takes a picture. Then we get this whole montage of what they call the Rachel Young, who is Rachel Young montage. So this girl texts somebody saying that she sees Nick <laughs> with a girl and you see a bunch of different text messages pop up and, and they're trying to figure out who this girl is because Nick Young is bringing her to the coup wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this montage, actually, the author of the book makes a little cameo. Oh. He's one of the people texting. It's very, very brief, but he's in there. That's interesting. <laughs> I, it's funny. I'm glad they kept that, that scene in the movie because I liked how they described it in the book. But all I kept thinking about is as big as the Chinese and community is worldwide, mm-hmm. 
you kind of have a feel for how like tight knit it also yeah. is. And it made me think about my culture. Like I'm originally mm-hmm. from Iran. So it's the same thing. Like we have these like WhatsApp like conversations where we find out, you know, so and so in this country is doing this thing and somebody over here is doing this thing. So I thought it was really funny. It's just because I get that vibe sometimes because my boyfriend has a big family and you tell one person and everybody knows, but we're all in the you know, in the Phoenix metro area. Right. <laughs> so no, this is worldwide. worldwide. Uh, part of me was like, is there no like time difference? Because everyone's <laughs> awake. Like maybe it is a 20, I don't know what the time difference is between Singapore and New York. But, a lot, I think. Yeah. But I don't know if you caught it during this montage um, when the girl texts the very first time, her name in the text message is radio, the number one Asia. I did not catch that. That's funny. <laughs> it's a cute little Easter egg that they, <laughs> that they kept in there. And I thought what I thought was funny, it's, it's, it's kind of a long montage of it all going back and forth and back and forth. And then it circles back to the girl and she hasn't even made it out the door yet. <laughs> that quick. <laughs> it was that quick. So I loved that scene. And then that basically melds into the scene of Eleanor, Nick's mom at Bible study. So this is the Bible study you were talking about. My first question was, is that, that was their house. That was Eleanor's house, correct? That they had the Bible study at? You mean in the book? In the, well, in the movie, they show this kind of a bigger house. And in the book, they live in a flat. Right. Basically, I mean, still a huge apartment, but that was totally taken out of the movie. Well, because we don't actually ever see their flat in the Mm -hmm. movie. So maybe that's what we're led to believe is that's their house. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it was more visually to make it see like these people have money. Right. Because what I did think was interesting in the book, I think they mention it in the movie too, is... A $3 million house in America is basically a $30 million house in Singapore. Right. So to visually actually make that, I think it's it's hard because you could show this beautiful apartment, but it's not going to get across that. These people probably spent $6 million yeah. on this that would probably not be as much in America. So I, yeah. I, was, I thought it was smart of them to kind of show this bigger house. Yeah, I agree. So she's there with all of some of the aunties. (laughs) And this is where Eleanor first finds out that Nick is bringing Rachel to the coup wedding. And Eleanor immediately gets on the phone with Nick. And Nick just lies, basically. (laughs) And does what every guy does and just like downplays everything to Rachel. I thought that was was super quick because in the book it's different. A little bit of time passes and I guess to your point, Mm -hmm. the the girl hadn't even left the restaurant and his mom already knows. So I thought that was really quick compared to the book when she finds out and she's like, what are you doing? You're bringing this random girl to to your best friend's wedding? Right. Well, in the book we actually get, I think it's like two or three Bible study scenes. Mm -hmm. And in the movie, they kind of meld them all into one, which I was totally okay with because they even bring up the private investigator in this very first Bible study, which in the book, it's like Bible study two, I think (laughs) (laughs) when they bring it up. And then at this point in the book, Nick had also had a conversation with his mom and dad about Rachel and Nick's dad is nowhere to be found in this movie at all. Yeah. They mentioned that he's off, you know, off for work or something. Which, Which I thought was it was interesting because he kind of almost becomes a little bit of Rachel's ally in the book, mm-hmm. and he tries to calm down Eleanor a lot. And I miss that. I yeah. did miss that in the in the movie. I agree. That was that was kind of a one in the Rachel corner that we that we missed. <laughs> yes, we're here for you, Rachel. We'll be in your corner. <laughs> so the next scene is we get to see we get to meet Rachel's really cute mom, 
And she's helping her pick out outfits for um, her trip to Singapore. And I love Rachel's mom. I thought she is super cute. And yeah. I love the relationship that they have. We get a lot more of it in the book, obviously. Um, but it, you get to see that they are very close. And it's really just the two of them mm-hmm. working their way through life. But this is the first time we find out that Rachel really has a lack of knowledge for Nick's family. She knows nothing about his family. Right. And it's kind of our first inkling of like, she has no idea what she's getting into because <laughs> Nick won't freaking tell her. Right. Like, how dare you not give her a warning? Yeah. And her mom warns Rachel, like, these are not American Asians. They, this is a totally different world that you're about to enter. And Rachel's like, no, it's fine. And she's like, no, it's like, not it's not fine. And, and I think that was when Rachel really first started to say, like, or think like, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> I've, 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 again, back to, you know, my culture. I've gone back home to Iran and <laughs> same thing. Like they, for some reason, just live a lot more lavishly. And like, I remember I, I would, I showed up and they're like, why aren't you wearing a lot of makeup? Why are your, your clothes so baggy and like so plain? And like, why this and why that? I'm like, this is just kind of how we live in America. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like bums, it's fine. <laughs> So yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of like culture outside of America. My family's all here. Like I don't really have relatives that I still Mm -hmm. talk to outside of America. So it's very interesting to get that, that perspective. There was a lot of, a lot of this movie that I kind of was able to relate to with my culture. And I'm sure there are, because there's a lot of like first and second generations Mm -hmm. who have those same type of experiences. I mean, I'm still waiting for Ray to like, tell me like, oh, by the way, my family's you know, has $200 million <laughs> in the bank. Like, I think he might just be downplaying it. Um, I, I think you need to keep waiting. I don't think well, that day's coming. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But it's okay if it doesn't. <laughs> so now Nick and Rachel are at the airport. They're headed to Singapore, which it fast forwards a little bit, mm-hmm. which again, totally okay yeah. with. We actually, yeah, we miss a whole scene where, or in the book where Nick calls his cousin mm-hmm. Astrid yes. and Astrid tells him, you should probably warn Rachel. Right. And he's like, no, it's fine. She's super chill. She, you know, she'll have no problem. She's like, okay. Just being a typical <laughs> dude. <laughs> so annoying. So we did miss that. And, and we do miss a lot of the Astrid and Nick relationship mm-hmm. in the movie, which again was a little bit of a bummer because Astrid, you know, we do see Astrid's, she likes Rachel a lot and we yeah. get to see that in the movie. But so we're at the airport. They're getting ready to go to Singapore. And <laughs> I love when... She's like, no, 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 we aren't first class people. We are economy. <laughs> and I'm like, same girl. We are economy. Yep. <laughs> so they get their own private suite in the first class, you know, part of the plane. My and notes literally say, holy airplane. Holy airplane. <laughs> and my favorite part is that Rachel's walking around with a neck pillow. <laughs> that is me. Yes. She is me. She is my spirit animal. <laughs> yes. And of course, Nick, being again a dude, is saying, oh, my family does business with the airplane. Like, and Rachel's like, what business? Like, like, come on. And and then he, she goes, is your family rich? And he goes, well, yeah, we're comfortable. <laughs> like, you know what, Nick? I'm kind of comfortable too. But, you know, I'm not worth $200 billion. <laughs> and then I find out, then he she talks about how he uses her Netflix password. I was like, Nick, get your own damn Netflix password. Listen, any way you can get Netflix for free, you do that. If I find out 
that boyfriend Ray is worth $20 billion and it comes out that I'm paying for Disney Plus, there's going to be problems. Listen, um, little known fact, I believe you use my Netflix. So. I'm just saying, but I also pay for Disney Plus. Fair. So Rachel really wants to know what she's getting into. Finally, she it's like a little light bulb goes off of like, okay, maybe my mom was right. Mom mm-hmm. is always right. And we start to get a little montage of the family members that she's going to be meeting. I really liked that. I loved this scene. I wish we, I actually wish we would have gotten more of it. Yeah. Um, he talks about Ast- <laughs> Alistair and Kitty Pong, the actress and the movie director, which was just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Kitty, man. Kitty. Kitty. And then they talk about Eddie and Fiona. Eddie is just pretentious as all get up and his wife Fiona and it shows them with three boys in the book they have two boys and a girl yes uh so I thought that was different I think it I think the whole culture itself with how boys mm-hmm. are treated I think it was another visual thing of like man this guy yeah. has three boys they um, almost look like triplets almost <laughs> yeah and and we get a lot more of Eddie and Fiona in the book and their dynamic with their children yeah. um which I was okay that they left that out because if you had read the book, you almost saw everything you learned about them in the book. You saw in that 10 second clip. Very true. And that's all I needed. <laughs> Very true. They did a good job of kind of summarizing his yes. family in these clips. <laughs> yes. And then he does talk about Astrid, who Rachel's already met and that she's a fashion icon. They show her jewelry shopping. But yeah, we also, like you said before, we don't get the conversation between Nick and Astrid. And then we also don't get the whole scene of you know, his extended family at the country club mm-hmm. fighting. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> and they're about fighting about how they spend their money basically. Yeah. And how all the brothers and sisters are not okay with the way the family is so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, I wouldn't say cheap. I'd say frugal. <laughs> in the, They call them cheap. <laughs> so we're finally in Singapore after like a 24 hour flight and Colin and Araminta end up, surprising them at the airport like they do in the book and i love that moment because it just humanized them rachel really gets to meet them for the first time just as like laid back everyday people which i thought was important yeah um because it really shows you how then they end up having to turn it on later on in the movie and in the book you know to kind of live up to what their families expect them to be yeah i feel like a little bit in the movie they kind of to your point downplay it like they pick them up in a jeep yeah. Whereas in the book, they have like two chauffeured mm-hmm. SUVs. Right. Yeah. One takes the luggage, then they yes. take the other one. So I do think that they kind of downplayed it a little bit in the movie. And I don't really know why, because I mean, we're led to believe these people are millionaires, billionaires. So right. what what was the purpose of that? Who knows? But maybe it was to kind of humanize them and make them a little bit more down to earth. I don't know if you can agree with me with this, but reading this book made me hungry a lot i literally have in my notes food (laughs) literally like they talk about food so much in the book and i'm like i literally had to stop like twice during reading to go get a snack because i was like this sounds so good i was uh, same same thing i I kept my mouth was like watering while i was reading the book but i actually there was one part because most of these dishes you know i didn't hadn't really heard of or Mm -hmm. you know i was doing the amazon kindle like clicking to see what it was there was one that i did recognize Mm -hmm. though it was the nasi goreng and i I only know it because last year when I went to Bali with my friends, it's mm-hmm. a it's a traditional Indonesian dish. Yeah. And we had it there. So I was Ooh. really excited. I was like, oh, I know this one. <laughs> it all just sounded so good. Yeah. And this is the part of the movie where they go to the outdoor market and they try all the food. 
That's and, like the way to do it, man. Well, and the one thing that I thought that they didn't leave in is that there's a part when they're driving and Colin and Nick are arguing about the best place to go find the food. That's right. And I'll circle back later on why I think they left it out. But I thought that was a cute part in the book because yeah. they're constantly just fighting about food. And because food is such a big part of that culture. It's same. Like <laughs> food is life. I know. Well, and there's one part in this scene where they're eating and they're getting all the food. And Rachel goes, well, that looks a little vomity. <laughs> That's how I would react too. And I love that like a little ad lib that yeah. they put in there. <laughs> but we really get to see the relationship between Colin and Nick and how close they are. And then Rachel actually gets invited to the bachelorette party of doom. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> so then we get to see a whole scene of Astrid. I love Astrid. I love her character. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. <laughs> and because we ca- they casted her perfectly. Yeah. She's gorgeous. And she comes home. We get the scene where she comes home from shopping and the maids are hiding everything. They're hiding her shoes. They're hiding the jewelry yeah. because we find out that she wants to hide it from her husband. Not because he would get mad if she spent the money, but she feels that it will make him feel bad. Right. Cause he, he's kind of, he comes from more humble background mm-hmm. and he kind of worked for his money. Whereas Astrid's family, you know, has all of these millions and billions of dollars. Yeah. I am kind of bummed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the book, there's quite a bit of Astrid. And I think, uh, scenes where she was in Paris. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, we don't get that in the book and or in the movie. Uh, that's probably because it probably costs more to have her in yes. Paris and all this <laughs> other stuff. But I kind of miss that. I, I felt like that added to her um, mystique, her mystique and her her background. So well, yeah, because they bummed. talk about how she goes there every year. Right, it's like a normal thing to her Which, for her to go spend millions of dollars there. I would love to go there every year <laughs> and spend millions of dollars. But what they do show in this scene, which this is actually comes later in the book, but she's jewelry shopping. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a bigger scene in the book, but she ends up buying a pair of earrings there, which look totally different than they describe them as like dream catchers in the yeah. book. And I was like, <laughs> these are giant pearls. Yeah, That's these are one huge. giant pearl. <laughs> um, and they're like $1.2 million. So they actually don't show her buying them, but they insinuate that she bought them. But we will circle back to that later. Yes. Uh, and then we get to meet Michael, her husband. We find out that he's a commoner and that we get the idea that he's very insecure about money and her family. And that there's some tension there. Yeah. <laughs> um, she gives him a watch um, as like a congratulations, your company's doing so great. And I, I love this because you can just see that she is just trying. Yeah. She's trying so hard with him. And this is how she knows how to show her love. And I've talked about this before with friends. Like we all have our different love languages. And sometimes giving people gifts is the way people show love. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just kind of the culture she was brought up into. What is different though is that in the book she gives him cufflinks that were worn by Clark Gable. Yes. And it wasn't a watch. But I I wish they would have kept that in there because they talk about so much how Astrid isn't always so after what is the new next thing. She goes for very vintage type yeah. things, which makes her even more classic and fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and in the book, this is the scene after her and her husband kind of reunite because they've been gone away from each other for a little while. They're, they slept together. Then he's showering and she gets a text. She, or she sees a text mm-hmm. on his phone. And in the book, it says, I miss you inside me. Yes. So <laughs> we will circle back to that a little bit a little bit later. We do not get this in this scene. A text comes a little bit later. But yeah, we don't get that first that side first note here. The, the book was a little vulgar. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Compared to the movie, there are some interesting things that are said in this book. That like, I'm unnecessarily. Like, <laughs> yeah, like some some like racial things that probably didn't need to be said. And like, yeah, yeah it was just like, whoa, okay. Yeah, I have a couple other notes about some things that they changed yeah. in there. So, so that was our first look into Astrid and Michael. <laughs> so now we get to meet Peeklin, <laughs> Rachel's friend from college. Peeklin. They pronounce it... <laughs> Five different ways That's in the true. movie. So we're Pikelin, go, Pikelin, 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 whatever. She's amazing. She's awesome. <laughs> uh, but Rachel goes to visit her because uh, Nick is out doing things with Colin. We actually don't get to see the scene uh, of Nick and Colin, you know, together. They, there's this whole part in the book where Nick and Colin are talking and they're having lunch and Colin starts talking about his anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get this whole feeling of Colin is there's more to Colin than what we see in the movie. Yeah. We didn't um, get that at all. No, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, Cause we also don't get to hear about him and Nick's backstory and, and everything. So, which yeah. was kind of a bummer, but you still get the idea that they're really great friends. The, the bromance is there for it's sure. There. <laughs> so Rachel shows up to, uh, Picklin's house and it's so gaudy it's so huge and it is the best I love it <laughs> and then her mom walks in and all I can think of is this is the Asian mom version of the mom from Mean Girls yes cool mom. yes <laughs> and then we meet her dad which is which is Ken Jung, and he is just hilarious and part of the book that they kept in there so there's the two little girls that live with them and how they're all eating these great um, you know native dishes and the little girls are eating chicken nuggets and they, they want to be done. They haven't eaten much. And they go, they're starving children in America. You are going to finish these. And I thought it was so funny in the book. And I thought it was great. That, that was kept hilarious. Also someone that they kept in the movie, which had way more of a role is PT. Oh my gosh. He's <laughs> such a creep. <laughs> I loved him. Like they're sitting eating and he's just like randomly taking pictures of Rachel. <laughs> like he's a like, creep. <laughs> so great he was i was so happy that they gave him that role yeah it was was so funny so they're at they're talking over you know over the meal about what rachel's doing there and she brings up the fact that she's dating nick young and she's there for the coup wedding in the book they have no idea who the youngs are the youngs are very very private in the movie they know right away who the youngs are they know that they're like royalty they're snoshy As they, uh, as they call it in the movie. Uh, but they also get excited that she's going to the coup wedding, but it's very much more about the youngs and they're, you know, so excited that that's who she's dating. But in the book, it takes a while for anyone to really find out yeah. who, who the youngs are. And I also loved that in the book, like these people are so nosy. They're like, oh, yeah. we need to find out who his, her, his mom is, his dad is, his grandma is. We need to yep. know their whole background story. <laughs> like we need everything. And again, culture differences Mm -hmm. that is so a thing in the uh eastern world (laughs) so then they find out that she's going over to the house tonight to ama's house and they said that you can't wear what you're wearing so (laughs) they give her a little uh they give her a new dress to wear which doesn't happen in the book but picklin actually does take rachel to the grandma's house is this isn't exactly where it happens in the book i think it's a little bit later but what i thought was funny is that she's not driving the gold bmw at this point no she's driving a a pink audi (laughs) which why not which i mean just as extravagant and lovely yeah exactly but she's driving again back to the whole kind of bringing Mm -hmm. them down a little bit there's no like driver driver and you know exactly so and in the book they have no idea where they're going. Picklin knows in the movie, like she's heard about this place mm-hmm. and 
in the book, they she's like, I have no idea where we're going. Like, I didn't even know this. She's like, it's existed. not even on the map. <laughs> yeah. So again, I understand why they probably did this in in the movie. Um, and I was again fine with it. And then they pull up to the mansion, and it's so great. Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. It's beautiful. Even though evidently it was covered in monkey feces. That's disgusting. <laughs> again, but in the book, this is where Peeklin really is like, oh shit, these people. She she says these people are richer than God is what she says in the book. <laughs> but I love the part when Nick walks out and she goes damn rachel you're dating the asian bachelor (laughs) she's not wrong she's not wrong (laughs) actually he's better looking than most of the bachelors that we get i'm totally okay if he becomes a bachelor for you know after he divorces his wife or whatever (laughs) (laughs) but he actually invited picklin in for the party which doesn't happen in the book she hopes that he's going to but he doesn't right so i'm glad they they changed that i loved it she has a cocktail dress and a clubbing (laughs) dress she has all her dresses ready i loved that that was so funny (laughs) so i love that point in the movie and how they kind of brought all that together from the book uh and in the book this is basically the end of part one and then we get into Everything that happens at Amma's house. So Amma's house is beautiful. It's filled with all of these people. And like in the book, Rachel thought it was just going to be like a small gathering. She didn't realize there was going to be, you know, hundreds of people there. It actually kind of reminded me of like a great Gatsby party. It did. It was almost better than Gatsby's (laughs) party. It was amazing. And we find out that it's a party because there's these certain flowers that only bloom once every like decade. Right. And they're going to bloom that night. So that's why the big party is, is happening. And they walk into the house and there's this giant tiger. <laughs> and what's funny about backstory about this tiger. So it's in the book. They mention it, how I think his grandpa shot it or mm-hmm. something. So that's why they have it. So they wanted to keep it in the movie. Well, they couldn't find one for the movie, like a real one. They wanted a real one, but for reasons, you know, I think it's illegal to, to taxidermy a tiger these days. Oh, They made one in the prop department, but when they were shipping it, it got caught in customs because it looked too real. Oh my God. So they had to prove that it wasn't real. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know how you prove that it wasn't real, but it was so I mean, so it realistic. doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, it was so real. But no, like a, it wasn't a real stuffed oh, tiger. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I thought that was kind of a fun, fun thing that they kept in there. I mean, it looked scary. So yeah. good job from the uh, prop department. Yeah, exactly. So Nick takes Rachel into the kitchen to meet his mom because... That's the best place to meet her, Nick. Because she needs to make sure everything's Sure. Again, the food that's happening in that kitchen. Amazing. Can we take a break to eat? I know. I'm hungry. (laughs) It's almost lunchtime. (laughs) But Rachel hugs Eleanor and I just say cringe. It was the cringiest hug. And it was so perfect, though. You could see it all over Eleanor's face. She's like, I'm sorry, you're touching me? She's like, please don't touch me. Please don't touch me. And she talks. She has this short conversation with Rachel and she's very cold with her and she talks about how the parents you know in Singapore are obsessed with shaping the lives of their children you know we knew it was coming but we knew that Eleanor was not going to perceive Rachel very well and that's exactly what happened yeah something to note too in the book Eleanor goes away to find out Rachel's background so we don't get this interaction until way later in the book so they were quick with it yes (laughs) they kept Eleanor in Singapore yes she did not go elsewhere no. So, and then we meet, or Rachel gets to meet Eddie, you know, the awful, just snobby cousin. He was extra, like, 
awful in the movie. He I was. Feel he like. was worse in the movie than yeah. he was in the book. And he starts to question her about which Chu she is. <laughs> and they do talk about in the book a lot how they all thought she was Rachel Chu of the Chu Plastics, mm-hmm. which she's not. But then he starts rattling off all these different Chus of different organizations. And I thought it was, I thought it was a cute touch was. from the book. The, the, the actor who plays him is, he did a good job. I liked it. <laughs> and then we go into a montage of her meeting all the aunties. And it was just so funny because, you know, my boyfriend Ray has so many aunts like it's mm-hmm. like one after another after another and i and it's hard sometimes it's hard to keep them all straight and what kids belong to what and which one <laughs> likes you which one doesn't like you i hope they all like me like you know it's just so funny you know what's even more confusing too in most cultures people who aren't even your auntie you call auntie oh yeah <laughs> so well and i think that's how it yeah it was like too. not everyone's actually related but so and so is auntie and that one's your uncle and yep. you know like basically you just have like a giant family where you don't even know who you're actually no, related exactly. to exactly yeah. i that was one part of a, a note from i have from the book is it was very hard to keep a family tree in my head they actually put a family tree in the book i don't know if you caught that at the beginning of the book they no. have a family oh, I tree didn't see that oh my god <laughs> it's supposed to help you but it confused me more. i needed it like next to me while I was reading the whole time. <laughs> so then we see Rachel mistake one of the aunties for Ama, which is so funny. It happens in the book. But in the book, we find out that Nick has a great aunt, Rosemary, mm-hmm. who is has been in his corner, is one of the aunts that he goes to for advice, you know, for support. And we don't see her at all. And I don't know if this is the aunt that is supposed to be her. I doubt it. No, actually, because in the movie, it's not an aunt. It's it's his old nanny she that she oh hugs. that she confuses yeah <laughs> so yeah no no rosemary yeah so then that goes around the party and it's embarrassing because everyone knows everything there <laughs> so this is the point where we now get a scene of astrid she's away she's at the party and she looks at michael's phone and there's a, a text message that says my bed feels empty without you so n- not I miss you inside me. Right. Like who would send that? Like I would never send a text message like that. Well, <laughs> but <laughs> I know people do. Uh, so then we do get the idea that Michael is cheating on Astrid. And this is the first part. So which, which is a little bit later than, you know, it was in the book when mm-hmm. we found out about that quote unquote, find out about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to meet Oliver, the rainbow sheep of the family. I loved that. That's how they, what they called him. <laughs> he was great. He fit he, he fit the role perfectly. He was so good. But he doesn't make the comment to Astrid about seeing Michael in Hong Kong. He's a little pot stirrer. Oh, totally. Totally. He kind of reminded me of um, Damien in Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> very, very much like gossips about everybody, knows yes. everything about everybody. I loved him. I loved him. And then Nick is having a conversation with his mom, which doesn't happen in the book. So we get a little bit more interaction with Eleanor and Nick about her distaste for, you know, his choices right. in life. <laughs> She's like, basically like, what are you doing? Yep. And then we get to go see the blooming flowers, which is very pretty. Sure. Sure. I don't in the book, though, I felt like there was like a whole garden of them. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, it's like one plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's your one flower. <laughs> and this is where we get our first look at Ama, Nick's grandma. And she's the cutest little thing. So cute. She's so cute. Nick introduces her to Rachel, which I don't think this is how, is this where it happens in the book? Yeah. Is it at the flower opening? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's at the party, though. Okay. That I do remember. Because <laughs> it just seemed like a very, like, ill-timed thing. Like, Nick doesn't know when to introduce people. <laughs> like 
He's a guy. He's what do you guy. expect? Um, and she teaches Rachel, or she offers Rachel to teach her how to make dumplings, mm-hmm. which does not happen in the book. No. <laughs> There's no dumpling making. No, scene. in the book, she, she's basically like, "Why are you staying at a hotel? Come stay with mm-hmm. me." So, and at at this party, and up to this point, we we get in the book, we get introduced to a character named Jacqueline who has a daughter named Amanda mm-hmm. and Nick and her used to date. So we start to get this little like conniving plan that Jacqueline's trying to get Amanda back from the United States so she can interrupt Nick and take him away from right. Rachel. So that, that whole dynamic gets downplayed in the movie, but I, I understand why, but she does show up shortly after this. Yes. <laughs> so now it's the bachelorette party. And the bachelor party, which they actually end up kind of combining the beginning of them. In, yeah, they in all the like set sail together. I don't know if you notice this, but in the very first scene, um, there's like a group of guys and the really cute gay doctor from Grey's Anatomy is in there. What? Yeah. I mean, it's a split second. Oh, I'll have so, to go back. And yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so they all meet up at the airport, which doesn't happen in the book. But Rachel has her gap look that they, you know, <laughs> that they noted in the book, which I thought was funny. Ugh. And then we meet Bernard. It's not Bernard. It's I like Bernard. Totally thought it was Bernard. I think it might be an accent thing. Oh, okay. Um, but I like it. I like the how Bernard. <laughs> it just sounds better in my mind. Uh, and then this is where they bring Amanda, Nick's ex girlfriend, into the scene, which doesn't happen the way it does in the book. Right. But she seems nice enough. She seemed nice at first. Yeah, at first. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so then we get to see the boys headed out to the bachelor party, which is on a giant barge in the middle of the ocean. In the book, it's at some like swanky hotel. There's dog fighting. There's all this. That dog fighting scene. I was like, I don't need this. Get no, this out of the book. Nope. So they didn't take it to the movie. Thank, thank goodness. God. And then in the book, they go to a yacht. So they kind of just encompass it on a giant barge. Yeah. That, that thing. <laughs> looked crazy and another funny note about bernard Mm -hmm. (laughs) he actually plays in the show silicon valley oh really um and his character in silicon valley is hilarious Uh so i when when i saw him in the movie i was like oh my god yes he's gonna give it to me i don't care who he is what he's doing Uh, but his character is gonna be awesome and it was (laughs) i mean he's an idiot but 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 perfectly he did it perfectly uh and then this is where eddie the douchebag calls nick out about Rachel and about her bringing nothing to the table and Nick is pissed. That was such an asshole move. I was like, bro, it's not even any of your business. Like, why do you care? Right. But I was like, this is the com because your boys think that she doesn't have good boobs. That's what's going to set you <laughs> off. Not that your mom is being a total bitch. Right. Like, come on. Uh, meanwhile, the girls at are, are at Samsara Island, which is so funny that Minty just planned her own bachelorette party. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. She's doing what she wants. To She's do. like, none of you bitches know how to deal, do this. Nope. I'll do it myself. Uh, and they go on a shopping spree. Rachel picks out one dress in the book. She she picks out a couple reluctantly mm-hmm. and then those dresses actually end up going missing. Mm, I wonder um, where they went. I wonder went. where, but they don't, <laughs> but they don't mention that in the movie. She actually just yeah. holds on to the dress. And I that, really like that scene by the way mm-hmm. too. Cause I got that full vibe of like panic mode. Like I need to grab everything oh, I cause I don't have enough time. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so the next scene that we get is Nick and Colin off of the barge. And I take it they are in Australia because that's where Nick ends up taking him. He does get him 
away from this awful bachelor party, but it's this huge scene in the book about him faking an illness and these helicopters and him and actually a bunch of guys right. fly away to Australia. Um, but in the movie, it's just him and him and Colin. Yeah. I, I liked that scene in, or that part in the book. I get why they didn't include it. Uh, you do in the movie see a helicopter off to the side, which mm-hmm. insinuates that's how they got off the, the giant ship. But yeah, overall, I mean, whatever. But I did like the scene with Nick and Colin and they start talking about you know Nick's family business now he was supposed to be home in Singapore already and Nick just hasn't thought things over and he hasn't even thought about oh yeah should I ask Rachel if she wants to come back to Singapore and live like <laughs> right. he hasn't even he's jumped 10 steps ahead yeah. of him uh, something that's a little different too and they keep bringing it up in the movie is you know he was supposed to come back mm-hmm. and and take over the business they don't really mention no. that in the book it was more of a we figured eventually you would come home to Singapore right. but they make it a little bit more of a bigger deal. Like, oh, he was supposed to be home a year ago. He's supposed yep. to take over the business. Like, clearly, Rachel, you're ruining his life. Yep. <laughs> so now we're back at the bachelorette party. And Amanda, the conniving girl she is, <laughs> starts to tell Rachel about how Nick was supposed to be moving back to run the family business. And she's telling her all about this. And then Rachel starts hearing all the girls talk about her. So this is the point where she knows... These girls are not on my side. We hear that one of the girls overheard Rachel saying that he was a catch. And in the book, we actually got the full conversation of when Rachel said that. Mm -hmm. They kind of walked her into that almost. Yeah, exactly. Conniving females. Awful. So then the next scene is Astrid actually shows up at the bachelorette party in the movie. In the book, they have Sophie, who is Colin's sister, is there in place of Astrid and she's there to look after Rachel. I actually liked it better that Astrid was there. It made more sense because the Sophie character was random. And super irrelevant aside from this one little scene. And then the fish. (laughs) Rachel and Astrid go back to Rachel's room and she finds a giant dead fish in her bed. And in the movie, it says in blood on the walls, catch this, you gold digging bitch. In the book, it says, catch this, you gold digging, see you next Tuesday. Right. <laughs> so I was okay with it changing to bitch because I don't like that other word. Uh, but gross, awful. And then we kind of see Rachel get some of her confidence back after this. In the movie, Rachel is actually the one that decides to not make a scene. In the book, Rachel's ready to make a scene. Mm-hmm. She wants to call the manager. She's going full Karen on, on these girls. But Sophie in the book is the one that's telling her, like, calm down. You'll actually have more power of over these girls if you just don't make a scene. Yeah, be the bigger person. Which I think everyone should kind of live by. Yes. <laughs> but in this, in the book, in the movie, sorry, they do give that power back to Rachel, which I actually, again, I like that they did that. Yeah, gave her a backbone. And then we see Rachel and Astrid on the beach. They're kind of having a heart to heart. I love this scene between the two of uh, two of them that we didn't get in the book. And Astrid tells Rachel at this point that she thinks that Michael is having an affair with her. So it's kind of sad, but you've also seen these girls kind of coming together in this crazy world they live in. Yeah, it's interesting because in the book, at no point does Astrid decide to tell anyone whether it's in her family her friends nobody so no one's really privy to the fact that she thinks that you know michael is cheating on her so it was nice to kind of get that vulnerability from her and towards rachel specifically exactly and at this point in the book while rachel is at the bachelorette party 
Eleanor is on a quote unquote spa weekend with the girls <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to meet up with the per- or the private eye that she has hired to look into Rachel's. And we don't get that at all in the movie, which again, I was okay with because it was so weird in the book. Yeah, I did. I mean, we got the whole purpose of why she was there, but we really didn't need the whole scene. We, we got the information either way. <laughs> exactly. So that was cut out of the movie. Totally okay with it. So now the bachelor and bachelorette parties are over and we get this scene of Nick and Rachel back at the resort and they're talking about what happened at the party. And Rachel actually tells Nick about what happened, how the girls were so mean about the fish. And in the book, she decides not to tell him at all about it. Mm -hmm. So I like initially. Yeah. Initially she does not tell him. And I like that. I would definitely be like, boyfriend Ray, these girls are awful. Don't ever make me go back. Like that's just me personally. So I connected more with Rachel in that moment. Yeah. I don't know if her decision was not to say in the book because she felt like she would have been like that jealous, like, oh, poor me. But for whatever reason. And if you ever watch this movie again, (laughs) I love Rachel, the girl who plays Rachel, but her acting is atrocious atrocious in this scene it's so like staged and she felt very uncomfortable and she was acting like she was trying too hard it was awful but i don't know if anyone else picked up on that but if you ever watch it again that's the scene i agree with that (laughs) so now we get basically i call it a bonus scene uh it's the dumpling making party at amma's house and that doesn't happen in the book at all but i love this and we talked about it earlier about how this was actually an icebreaker for the cast Mm -hmm. so i love this entire scene and it actually kind of gives us a more insight to eleanor so they're making dumplings with the entire family rachel sees this giant ring that eleanor has It ends up playing a bigger part later in the movie. And she just looks at the ring and says, oh, I love your ring. And then Eleanor takes it as she's just after my money. And is super passive aggressive aggressive about it. And I'm like so uncomfortable in this moment. (laughs) I'm like, she, she is good at this like guilt trip passive aggressiveness. We also get Rachel and Amma have a moment where Amma tells her that she has a lucky nose and that she can tell a lot by a person by her face. They do touch on that a little bit in the book, but we actually got to fully see it, which I loved in the movie. And then, oh gosh, I get cringe. I cringe (laughs) just thinking about this moment. There is a scene with Eleanor and Rachel. We start to see a little bit that the relationship between Amma and Eleanor was a little bit rough Mm -hmm. because they're in-laws and Eleanor never felt good enough for Amma and that's kind of what she's doing. And Alma doing. made it obvious that yeah. she didn't. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's like, here's the next generation doing yeah. it over again. And at this point, Eleanor t- tells Rachel that she will never be good enough for her son. Ouch. And it just is dagger to everyone's heart. And I loved that scene because it was so powerful. And I think this scene replaces the dinner scene that Nick's parents have at their flat in the movie. Mm. And where all of Eleanor's cronies come over and they just talk a bunch of crap and berate her yeah yeah. so i i actually loved this scene over that scene in the book that they could have brought it hits a little bit harder in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think it needed to happen yeah and like i said when we'll talk about the ring in a little bit it really kind of brings it full circle because of this scene for sure so part three of the movie basically is an interaction between Picklin and Rachel and Rachel's telling her you know the horror stories of what's been happening and she basically tells rachel like 
you need to get Eleanor to respect you. She sees you as a banana, yellow on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> and that's what she tells her. And oh I just God. love this whole scene. She's like, Rachel, like toughen up is basically what she's saying. She's like, chicken, <laughs> chickens are bitches. Bok, bok, bitch. Bok, bok. I loved that. I love this scene. And it was just like, there were scenes like this throughout the movie where I'm like, who came up with this? Like, it was so great because none of this is in the book. Right. And I just thought it was so great. And then she gives Rachel this entire makeover with Oliver. Yes. In the movie, it's someone named Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that Paiklin and, uh, and Oliver joined forces yeah, to help I her out. Yeah, thought it was great. And in the movie, this is where Amanda, or sorry, in the book, this is where Amanda first makes her scene that she's back and trying mm-hmm. to get Nick's attention. And I'm glad that they just left that part out. Like it was so unnecessary. Every good rom-com needs a makeover. So they totally. go through all the different dresses. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so fun. So finally, the day of the wedding is here. And what I thought was interesting is that in the book, they talk about how these weddings are basically like three parts. There's like mm-hmm. the ceremony, the afternoon reception and then the ball at night uh they basically just break it up into two parts in the movie which is fine whatever (laughs) (laughs) so rachel shows up i think it was a gold rolls royce maybe or something sure we finally get to see picklin's gold car (laughs) and she makes her grand entrance with this beautiful blue dress and she tells uh, amanda that she's in her way and she's trying to, you know, make her entrance, which yeah, doesn't bop, happen. Bop, bitches. <laughs> bop, bop, bitches. And uh, which doesn't happen in the book, but I thought it was such a great moment because mm-hmm. you felt all this confidence in Rachel. And then it, it goes to a scene with Astrid and Michael in the car. And in the book, Michael doesn't even start to go to the wedding. Mm-hmm. He's not going at all. Yeah, at this he's point, like, he's I'm, gone. I'm, I'm at this it. point in the book, Astrid has already confronted him about the mistress. And he's gone. Yeah. He's basically said, I'm done. This is where she confronts him and he gets out of the car and leaves. So now we're at the ceremony. And what did you think of the ceremony? Did it, do you think that's what it was going to look like? Not at all, (laughs) but I actually loved it. It was beautiful. Gorgeous. Well, and in the book, they talk about how there's no flowers in the ceremony at all. And in the movie... They, it's a jungle. Just, yeah, there's <laughs> flowers everywhere. So I thought that was interesting, but you need it. You needed that visual. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful. They talk about how they spent $40 million on the wedding. It shows. And it showed. And then they get a scene of Princess Eton. Sure. <laughs> Which is, she's not in the in the book anywhere. Made up character. Uh, but she requested a whole row for herself, so... You do you, and they were they gave it to her, right. so she must be pretty interesting. Yeah, she's princess at the beginning she's of her a name. Princess, <laughs> but I love it. Rachel goes and sits up next to her, and is starts talking to her about her economics article, and I loved that whole scene and interaction because yes. it really made everyone look at Rachel differently. My favorite part about that scene was the looks on Eleanor and all the aunties' faces. Like, what is this bitch doing? It was She's got some balls. Great. And so what I think that scene replaced was later in the book when Kitty Pong impresses the Sultana. Oh, yes. And I think, which again, didn't, was no need in the book, but they beautifully moved it to something else right. in the movie that made way more sense. That actually had relevance and like, yes. you know, <laughs> gave Rachel again more backbone. Yes. <laughs> then we see Ama show up with Astrid and she shows up in the book. Everyone's like, she never comes out to anything. She's because again, they're very private people. She mm-hmm. doesn't go to public things. They come to her 
And in the movie, they make a reference that she is there to support Astrid because she doesn't want Astrid to be there by herself. And I love that. But And we didn't get that in the book. Yeah. And I don't know if that's why she showed up, but I just, I like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would assume so because I would not want to show up by myself. Yeah. <laughs> sad. I just thought it was super cute. And it gave us a little bit more backstory and why she actually showed up to mm-hmm. the wedding. Cause you don't get it in the book. You don't fully understand why she showed up. Yeah. In the book. It was really sweet in the movie when uh, Astrid says, thank you. And she just mm-hmm. goes, family doesn't say thank you. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. I love that yeah. whole part. Uh, and then we see Bernard wearing some weird tux. He doesn't want to wear what the groomsmen are wearing. So I love that. <laughs> um, there's a big water entrance when the bride comes through. I literally have in my notes, what an entrance but <laughs> your dress is gonna get wet <laughs> like she's got like leggings on under the I dress know, it was like it really was interesting so, it was so interesting and the firefly entrance <laughs> it was beautiful it was um and then we get nick mouthing i love you to rachel which you know they talk about in the book and it was so sweet Very and, cute. and i totally get that same way i get so like nostalgic i started crying it's so and i just like <laughs> i just want to get married <laughs> at least you have someone <laughs> hey man you'll get there <laughs> Anyone out there single? Roche is single. Ready for a water entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) So now we're at the reception and Oliver takes care of Kitty, of the Kitty and Alistair situation. This happens a little bit later in the book. And in the book, they have it as it was Eleanor's wish. For him, for him to take care of that. But in the in the book, Amma's the ones that said, no, 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 you need to, someone yeah, needs to take like care of that. Like, he's a disgrace. Like, figure that out. Yep. So at the reception, Amma and Eleanor asked to talk to Nick and Rachel. Amma says, I'm not permitting you to be with Rachel. I will not have her ruin my grandson with her ambition. Which, if you haven't read the book, it's very jarring because up until this point, she seemed like she liked her. Right. So you're very like, what in the world? And then this is where they tell Rachel that Rachel's father is actually alive. Because up to this point, she thinks her dad is dead. They tell her in the movie that her mom cheated on her husband, got pregnant, and ran off with a baby to America. In the book, they say that her father is still alive and in jail. Mm-hmm. So they ended up kind of melding that together a little bit. For efficiency. Yes. Which is what I would tell the author of this book, be efficient. Because this was beautiful how they did it. Because we get a totally drug out story Mm -hmm. in the book. Uh, And then Rachel runs away. Missing from the movie at this point, there's a whole scene where Amma's sorting jewelry in between the parties. Nick takes Rachel to a hideout that Amanda then comes and interrupts. Rachel finds out about a threesome. There's a trip to Malaysia. And Amma and Eleanor show up. Like, there's a lot. There is a lot that just didn't need to be in the book. There's no reason. And I thanked the screenwriters for just taking it out because just it was get not, to the point. It was not necessary. So Rachel is obviously upset and she goes to Peaklin's like she did in the book, which that's where you go to. You go to your best friends when you're upset. Duh. <laughs> Especially when she lives in a mansion. Right, exactly. And we'll cook for you and all this other fun stuff. Food. <laughs> in the book, Rachel actually breaks up with Nick. In the movie, she doesn't actually break. We don't get to see a breakup scene, but they insinuate it. Rachel's mom shows up, just like in the book. Um, but we we find out very quickly in the book that Nick is the one that 
brought Rachel's mm-hmm. mom over. Um, he physically brings her he to the house. He physically brings her to yeah. the house. Rachel also calls her mom in the book and is very, very upset. In the movie, she's like sad more. She never really gets mad at her mom. Her mom ends up telling her the whole story about her dad. The shortened version. The shortened version. <laughs> they do say that her dad was her mom's old classmate. And in the book, he was a comforting neighbor. Right. <laughs> Which I like the classmate. <laughs> a, a little, little bit, bit more. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but there's no mention from the book because Colin and Nick actually have a conversation where Colin's like, don't just let her go. Like, get on your white heart horse and go. Right. Because this was, was his grand gesture was to bring right. her mom so, over. Which is fine, but it, it gave Nick more credit in the in the movie that it was his idea right. <laughs> than anything. But then Rachel does go to talk to Nick in the movie. So they're at some like, I don't know, lake or river or something. Yeah. And in the book, they actually talk at Picklin's house. They talk at Picklin's house and she basically forgives him. Then they take the mom for Singapore oh, right. slings and then the end and that's where the book ends and, and i was like i know what <laughs> like i thought that like uh, my amazon kindle was missing pages it literally just ends with them having singapore slings and then you i guess they get back together and then the book ends sure this book is so drawn out and then it just ends we have to remember it is a trilogy so maybe that's why no. Okay. You could have given me something else. So the book ends and then the movie is like, no, no, no. We're going <laughs> to do this right. Let, let me take this off your hands. We're going to do this right. So Nick and Rachel meet up at a lake river thing. He actually proposes to Rachel. We don't get an answer. Mm-hmm. We just. Next scene. Next scene. <laughs> this is the new scene we were talking about. The Mong Jong gaming room, which is Probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Agreed. And Rachel just has this straight shooting combo with Eleanor. She invited Eleanor there. She says that Nick proposed. She told her that she said no. She turned down his proposal and that it was, it was a lose lose that she doesn't want him to lose his mom and he's going to resent her, resent his mom. And it just wasn't going to work. But then she just like puts the hammer down. I take it. She won the game. Right. Basically. And she says, when Nick marries another woman that's good enough for her and has kids and you're happy and you're doing all the same with your family, it's because of me, someone who was from a single household who you didn't think was good enough. You mm-hmm. have all this because of me. And I was like, <laughs> slow clap. Bok, bok, bitch. Bok, bok, bitch. <laughs> Mic drop. And it was the best. I loved it. Yes. And you just see Eleanor like, <laughs> she's like, oh, oh shit. God, oh, shit. <laughs> so after that scene, we get a view of Astrid and Michael. And I think that they put this in here to set up the next movie. Right. And it's basically Astrid's telling Michael that she's leaving, that she he can stay there. She's going to go live in one of her other 14 properties. Really, it's just, she. you see her pull out those earrings that she actually ended up buying. I understand why they put it there, but I'm going to say it now, finally, that we've gotten to the end of, end of the movie. The Astrid and Michael dynamic is totally, totally different in the book yep not to spoil anything michael does not have an affair the whole thing is made up right and we get way more detail about it and why he did it which was shocking to read because as i mentioned i've i saw the movie first before i had ever read the book so when i read that i was like wait a minute he created this elaborate lie because he could not he no longer could like be with this woman who her entire life is living six yeah it's money that's what her life revolves around so i thought that was so interesting that he he created this fake 
story to he, get out he, of her mar- his this marriage. Huge elaborate story. And then during that story during the book is where Colin comes in. Oh, sorry, not Colin. Charlie. Charlie comes in and Charlie's an old fling and he actually tells Astrid to go and try to make your marriage work. Yeah. He helps her like get a private investigator to find out where Michael is because he's, you know, he's run off. So my prediction is that we are actually going to find out that backstory and he made up in the next movie. But my thing is, it was almost like we're reading two different books. Yeah. There was the Astrid Michael book and it was the Nick and Rachel book. And the movie smartly basically made it the Nick and Rachel movie with a little bit of Astrid and Michael to lead into the second. Like, that's what should happen in the book. Yeah, I agree. So, sorry, going back to the actual end of the movie, we don't know what Eleanor said to Nick. The next thing that we see is that he's tracking down Rachel on the plane in economy. (laughs) That's how I fly. Same. (laughs) And he's, you know, doing the whole rom-com thing and chasing her down and saying how much he loves her and this, that, and the other. And as he's telling her, you know, how much he loves her, he starts explaining how he was going to propose to her. And the way that he's explaining it is actually how he was going to propose in the book in Malaysia during that whole scene that they cut out of the movie. So I thought that was kind of cute and a smart way to do it. (laughs) And then he proposes to Rachel again. With his mother's emerald ring. Yes. Which so. essentially insinuates that he has her blessing now. Yes. Stop here. Yes. Um, how dare you, Rachel, make this poor, beautiful man propose to you twice. Uh, <laughs> I would have proposed to him but way I, before this. <laughs> Nick doesn't deserve you, Roche. <laughs> but then Rachel and the woman behind Rachel say yes to some <laughs> random lady. Some random lady. And then the whole movie ends with a surprise engagement party where Rachel gets a smile and nod from Eleanor, who actually comes. Put a bow on it. Beautiful ending. And that's what we needed in the book. Yes. And I have here, the movie is so much better than the book. <laughs> Way better ending. Not some extra stuff. And I will fight Rosha if she disagrees with me. So should we get into it? Yes. (laughs) I think the movie, for the most part, is a concise version of the book. Yes. It has all of the elements that the book has. The book has a zillion more elements, which, as a stickler for for details, I appreciate. But I do think it confuses a lot. Go ahead. Ask me so I can officially answer for you. Did you... Would you buy the movie ticket or would you buy the book? I would 100% buy the movie ticket. Thank God. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Because, again, the book is good. I didn't hate it as much as you did. I I liked it. I liked the detail. I think the the author did a good job. But you have an incredible cast. You have, again, all all the necessary points from the book in the movie. And it's just an overall really great story told perfectly. So I agree. Well, and I I know you are a stickler for details, which I, I appreciate as well. But when the details take away from what is actually happening is when I have a problem. Like, not only are there extra story lines that go on in the book, there's also, like, just long lists of just stuff. Yeah. Like, half the time they're naming all these other people who are at a party. And I'm like, there's no need for that. Like, yeah. it, you know, so, you know my answer. I would definitely 100 times over buy this movie. I will rewatch this movie just for fun because I like it so much. It's so cute. Yeah. Two points for the movie for sure. (laughs) 
All right. That's it for this one. Uh, Make sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app. Go ahead and give us a rating and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Boovie Girls. And you can also email us at theboovygirls at gmail.com. Coming up next, we are doing The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which actually was a very popular book not too long ago. So I'm surprised you have not read it. I haven't read it. I haven't seen the movie. I haven't done anything with this. (laughs) I'm excited. I I have read and watched the movie and it's a thriller. And mystery, I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm excited for you to read it. I hope so. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't judge a book by its movie. Bye. (laughs) 